0: You're listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast of the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato with your host, Historical Society Executive Director Jessica Potter. And now, Surrounded by History.
1: Hello and welcome to Surrounded by History. I'm your host, Jessica Potter, with the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Joining me today is Jeff Lang with Radio Mankato. Every week, this program explores the history all around us, the history in plain sight. For the next few segments of Surrounded by History, we will dig into the history, the stories behind some of our city parks. Over the years, the Historical Society has collaborated with the City of Mankato to create a heritage plaque program that places green cast-iron historic plaques around our community, highlighting our local historic places. There are currently 18 heritage plaques installed around Mankato at historic buildings and homes and some of our city parks. Today, we hope you will enjoy being surrounded by the history of Riverfront Park. So, Riverfront Park is one of our newest parks. We were kind of chatting about that a little bit. Um, it is located at four ten West Rock, Rock Street. Ugh, that's a tongue four, twist. Four three ten. Oh, I'm sorry, three ten. Okay. Goodness, I was so tongue out, tongue twisted on West <laughs> Rock. Um, so that is for those of you that are just like, where is Rock Street? What are you talking about? Um, that's in what we refer to as Old Town. Um, that part of town. It's uh, If you're driving north on a riverfront drive through Old Town, um, you will turn left onto Rock Street. That's the corner where Mom and Pop's Ice Cream is, the Oleander
0: and the Eagles Club. And it's um, actually one of the hardest places to tell people to go, I feel like, when exactly. they're new to town. Yes. And it's because it's a different area for a park. Right. But what we've done, behind, when you get finally back there, has been very well, obviously, received. But the best way I tell anybody who's new, including some new employees here, just go to the Oli and turn towards the river. <laughs> I love it. And they it. always find
1: it. Exactly. That's good. And they also do have like a stone monument uh, sign That's that true. does point you to the to the amphitheater, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, but also Riverfront Park. So um, this is one of our newest city parks um, in our community. Um, but if so, we've talk, told you to kind of turn by the Oleander, but you also want to just keep going to like you're going to run to, into the river um, because it is really tucked way back there. Um, today, the park features a playground, picnic shelters, walking trail along the Minnesota River. It's one of the few spots in Mankato here and down at Sibley Park where you have access to the, the river based, um, away from the flood walls. Um, and there's a beautiful green space. And of course, our very own Vetterstone Amphitheater. That is located at this park as well. So, a lot of people go down to this park for concerts and for a rib fest and all that fun stuff. But there is, uh, it's a great space to, to kind of journey down to even when. Um, then there isn't something crazy going on down there, something fun. So as you can imagine, because we're talking about it, at this park you'll also spot a Green Heritage plaque, but it's kind of in a weird spot. So this one is as you enter the park near Dotson Iron Castings. So you really have to keep an eye out for it because it's kind of by the railroad tracks. Um but if you're walking, because a lot of times to get to the park, especially for special events, you are parking a little bit of ways and walking down into there into the park. Um, that's where you'll catch it. It's off to the, your right hand side um, as you're entering the park. So like we mentioned, this is one of the newer parks, new S parks. In Mankato, the amphitheater actually opened in 2010. So a lot of the things we've been talking about lately have taken us back into the 1890s and early two, um, 1900s. But this is one of our newer parks. Um, for a very long time, this um, city land was... Um, affectionately known as the dump, this was where this is. So if we if we did any excavations out there, we would probably find a lot of history. Um, but it's also where water treatment plants are and all that good stuff. But they, it's a parcel of land that puts us right on the Minnesota River. So it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful green space. Um, but it does have a really interesting, a lot of people don't know the history of, of Old Town or this part of Mankato, but this was, um, this dates back, we, we've been chatting a little bit about really how Mankato kind of developed and, and where, how, how stretched out and stuff. This is the hub, the birthplace of industrial and commercial development in Mankato. A lot of people don't realize that, um, but this Old Town area and Riverfront Park um, they, they tie back to that original founding of Mankato in 1852 because it's along the banks of the Minnesota River. This um, is where steamboat transportation would have been landing. You can see all of the railroad tracks. Mm-hmm. Um, and so railroad plays a huge part of the development of the of the town, the industrial and commercial. Um, and so when you realize those railroad tracks and you look and you think, wow, that's right attached to Arden Mills. Oh, well, that makes sense. They're shipping flocks. Out, um, you know all of these different pieces this is a very industrial area. If if uh, at the time they could have in, in industrial neighborhoods, well, this is it. This mm-hmm. was the this was the space. So um, really, back from Riverfront Drive, which at the time was known as Front Street, to the river. In that space alone, there were manufacturing plants, there was a textile mill, breweries, bottling companies. The um, Eagles Club was actually a bottling company. That's what that original building was used for. Tractor farm equipment plants, meat processing, the foundry, which is Dotson iron castings. Um, That goes way, way, way back. Um, And so all of this this industry that was happening in this space, and then you've got the river with trans- the steamboat transportation, the railroad transportation, it just all came together. Manufacturing, technology, distribution—not um, just locally, but across the world—and um, so it's a really interesting space that we don't necessarily think a lot about today. And there's still some major industries that are um, based out of this part of town, and they—they they, they kind of fly under the radar, but they are international companies they are they are creating a product that is being shipped around the world. It's
0: crazy to think about because it's here in Mankato. Like right. always it's such a small town mentality we have, mm-hmm. but we really are doing so much for other places in coming and they get on the train tracks there too. I'm guessing still
1: right, right. They're still using the train for that type of transportation. Um, so this area too in that early history was the hub for power. So the electric company, gas, oil distribution, all of that was come was really hubbed out of this um, part of the community as well. And um, then of course retail, it's the marketplace. So we're starting, we're seeing some of that happening again in the old. Time. Area with some of the little shops and uh, little restaurants. But again, this is that, um, that area that was some marketplace, retail marketplace, as well as industry. Um, so today, we really celebrate Riverfront Park um, is a celebration of those captains of industry who founded and developed and built our community. And, and we don't think of it that way because we, we think of Riverfront Park and we think of the amphitheater. Right. And we think of music.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what the River and Park is known for. And right. so that's immediately what you'd think of. But then mm-hmm. you think back to what, like you said, what it was used for. And they, I mean, I, it at first, when the park came around, people were like, oh, that's a really different area. <laughs> and then you hear, well, it was kind of a dump at the time, too. Literally. But look what we yeah, literally. <laughs> but then to see what it's become and how we've come mm-hmm. up top of that. And yeah, that's where it's still, people always say it's kind of weird to get back there, but once you're there, We've encompassed what that area maybe looked like at first when it first started, before right, it was right. industrialized even, Yeah, and how beautiful it is, and now we're on the river.
1: Right, exactly, and I, I know really I I'd encourage people the next time you're back in that space, look around, look at the warehouses and look at the, the industry that's in that area and realize – that this goes right back to the very beginning of our town, which is, is so exciting. So very, very exciting. And maybe it
0: wasn't meant to be that meant, looked at this way, but that Mankato piece made of iron yes. down there, yes. it fits perfectly it for does. That, thought, that thought process of kind of, hey, this is a nod to the people who helped build the community. Yeah.
1: Ooh, nice job. I love that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if the city intended for that That's or not. Saying. I but but that I think, was
0: the intention, but, but it, it works.
1: It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. So I do have a fun little story about a short-lived innovative industry that had a worldwide impact. Um, so this is a fun little story. In 1941, a gentleman named Armin Kleinschmidt was a Mankato native, and he had an idea. Um, so 1941. Let's get our bearings there. We're entering into the World War One. We're coming out of the Great Depression, um, and so really, food is is an issue in the Great Depression, right? Um, we've got dust bowls. We've got uh, there's a, the part of what contributed to the Great Depression was the weather. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's droughts and there's somewhat of a small scale famine um, i mean the great depression is rough it's hard um, and then we kind of get jolted out of it with world war 2 world war 2 sorry um, in 1941 so kleinschmidt has an idea of canning carp which is a lake fish
0: <laughs> it's a, not a, a popular fish, uh, I would it's say. It's
1: not. Um, so really, he kind of chooses, he, he's thinking about lake fish. How can I? How can we can lake fish? He's watched his mother over the years um, can meat. I mean, that was a pretty common, you know, when you get to the, the end of a season, you're canning vegetables or whatever. Right. And so it was, it was very common for people to can meat as a way to preserve it um, over the winter months. And you just use a pressure cooker and you kind of do that. So he had an idea, well, why aren't we doing that? fish why can't we do that and so um, he kind of developed this trend of being able to find a way to uh, can or preserve freshwater fish in in this case carp um, so the interesting thing during the second world war um, we've talked on this show before about how there were some different things that were rationed yep. well um, the fish was not one of those items that was rationed so that's the other reason why he kind of went down this path he's like they're not rationing this and it's all in all of these lakes and all of these rivers all around us so why don't we take advantage of it so eventually he figures out the process that of a way to can freshwater fish in in our neck of the woods it was carp um, and to be able to make it so that it could be preserved and it could be eaten by anybody around. So he starts developing the idea and eventually he opens a factory in Mankato. And um, so in 1945, he opens the factory. And this is, again, if you think of military history, this is really the the height of World War II. We, we're getting very close to the end, but we're still in the, in the mm-hmm. height of World War II. Well, he creates, um, he starts opening a factory for a carp, packing plant. And um, in its height, um, they were producing or, or working through uh, manufacturing or, or processing, I should say, 2,000 pounds of fish an hour. Wow. So um, so the day would begin with 10,000 pounds of raw fish getting packed in ice that were brought in from nearby towns. So literally, people were kind of put to work, so to speak, by um, by going out and fishing.
0: Good, good job. You love it. Good, good right job. There. Right.
1: And so then they would just be bringing in like truckloads of fish. So the carp was so abundant. They'd just be bringing it in and then it would get dropped off at the carp packing plant and then they'd start processing it. So they, um, the the edible portion of the fish would then go into cans for human consumption and any leftover pieces would get put into pet food, which was also sold locally. Okay. So, so there. I mean, you think about it. It's similar to eating like tuna out
0: right. of a can. I, so, I'm not a I'm not a big fish guy, which is I know yeah. unheard of in the area, I guess. But uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this already is like okay, packed or canned fish. Okay,
1: uh-huh. yep, but tuna. Yeah, there's but I mean, tuna. there's other stuff. Yeah, there's there we got tuna, but we're just we're doing the carp. Um, So it takes an interesting twist. The U.S. military becomes very interested in his industry, and they ultimately become the sole consumer of his products so they end up buying like so he still produces the the carp but what he what the US military has now is a contract with him and they're sending all of that canned carp um, all over Europe during World War II, and it even all the way into the Korea during the Korean War during the u.s involvement in Korea so that goes into the 1950s past World War II. Um, so he eventually is given an award for service in the World War II due to his resourcefulness (laughs) and the contribution he made to the war effort by providing food in a different way. Um, So as you can imagine, um, it had a very it was a very successful little industry but it didn't last very long um, it brought Mankato out of the economic downturn of the Great Depression it fed people during World War two it put people to work during World War two um, but as you can imagine it uh, it didn't... Take off, did take off. You know, wasn't yep. it? Wasn't, uh, it wasn't uh, the the tuna fish in a can? It, it was not as exciting.
0: <laughs> Carpet a can just doesn't sound so great. No, I anyway. don't think they could
1: figure out what casserole's to put it in. <laughs> um, so the company went bankrupt in the 1950s, and the plant shut down, um, leaving behind this legacy of Mankato's in- innovation. But this factory that I've been talking about, this was all in that area where Riverfront Park now sits stands. Okay. That this is one of those. Um, factories that was back in that area, and you can. Um, so it's a kind of a fun little twist of story. So the, we've always thought this is a very interesting little story, and we've actually. Um written a book about um, Kleinschmidt and the work that he did um, the the history of the carp in our lakes. Um, Now there's a big issue with um, the Asian carp in the lakes. Well that ties back a little bit to this project. Um, And so we have written a book called The Multifaceted Carp. And uh, we've published the book at the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Um, If you're interested in learning more about Kleinschmidt and his story and about the carp in this area. Um, You can pick up that book at the History Center. It's also available to purchase online through our gift shop. Um, and That's at blueearthcountyhistory.com. I don't usually plug that kind of stuff on this podcast, but if you have a little interest in learning more about this crazy story about a carp packing plant in Mankato that really helped to feed people during World War II and the Korean War, um, you might want to pick it up and and read a little bit more into the, the story behind the stories.
0: I mean, it's quite a story on the count that, I mean, in my head anyway, if you have an industry and the military picks up on it and they are going to solely use you, you just made bank. I mean, and to think about what this guy was probably bringing in and then Uh sadly ended up going bankrupt still afterwards is quite the story in just the innovation of it in general, of mm-hmm. well, we'll use carp as our food is kind no. of crazy.
1: I know, and, and you know, it does seem like a really far fetched idea, and then you realize, oh yeah, well, who's going to have a tuna sandwich for lunch today? You know, it, it's not that far off, but of course, that's not freshwater fish either. Um, and so, it, yeah, it's just a really interesting little story. The fact that he just watched his mom, you know, with her pressure cooker and, mm-hmm. and tried to figure out a way to basically pressure cook and preserve lake fish. Um, and if, if you didn't know this, I have a fun little tidbit, fun little fact. Blue Earth County actually has the most miles of waterway in the entire state of Minnesota. Did you know that? I
0: did not know that. I suppose we get to cheat because we get Blue Earth River or Minnesota River coming in and out. Mm-hmm. It's the way that shaped through town. And and we have a Blue lot of Earth. lakes. Does that and include lakes then? It,
1: it, it's just miles of rivers. It's just miles of rivers. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So all of the waterways that we have yeah. in Blue Earth County, we have the most miles of waterways. That's in, pretty.
0: Well, then you think about, oh, that's, that's the, the lakes up there. It's, it's Lake of the Woods, but it's right. lakes. And, right. But some of those counties, St. Louis County and stuff, that's big counties, but. They don't have the rivers coming through, we like right. Do that's right.
1: cool. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, I I I don't know if the carp were being harvested out of the the lakes or the rivers or both. Um, so kind of a, a fun little twist, a fun little story, and a fun little way to when you're back down um, at Riverfront Park to really be thinking about some of that really um, innovative things that were taking place right there in our in our history in our past. Right. And the railroad was being used to to ship it out um, literally all over the world. And it's still happening today which is so right. exciting. That's, that's
0: I, the best part about it.
1: I mean, Dotson was the foundry originally the foundry um, that was a key industry for Mankato. Still operating today. Still um, doing their their iron casting and the work that they're doing. Um, Art at Mills stands as a testament to the flowers Industry with with the Hubbard Milling Company, they opened in the 1870s, um, and they're still manufacturing flour out of that building. They're still using some of the original equipment.
0: Things that people don't think about when they think about Mankato, and as what I would say that is, you know, they don't think they were still doing stuff for flour and and what Dotson's doing down there, what they mm-hmm. how they work and ship stuff out.
1: Exactly, and there were so many different companies that maybe had their starts down mm-hmm. in this area of town, and then they end up blossoming, or you know, building uh, larger facilities or whatever it might be. So it's just a, a it's a really exciting to be thinking about that. And, and we've talked um, on a previous um, episode about Washington Park, and again, um, the old town and Washington Park um, that those two kind of tie together as the Washington Park neighborhood is where the the working class. Class we're living, right. and we could see that with this, the houses that are a little bit closer together, a little bit smaller in scale and size. And um, so, again, it makes sense because if you think about Old Town and you, you think of it today, and you're like, "Well, there's not a lot of business down here, so why would th- why would this be a, a working class neighborhood?" It's because of all these factories, all the factories that were there, and they are they still all are. They, they are, but they're all behind um, Riverfront Drive. They're all in that area where we now have the park. You, that's where all of that, um, those factories and that industry was located along the railroad tracks and along the river. Very cool. So we hope that you have enjoyed today's program as we've explored the history of Riverfront Park, the history of a place, a city park along the Minnesota River, from the captains of industry and innovation to today's premier event venue of the Vetterstone Amphitheater. All of this information we share to you comes from the archives of the Blue Earth County Historical Society. Until next time, we hope you see the history that surrounds you.
0: You've been listening to Surrounded by History, a podcast from the Blue Earth County Historical Society, produced by Radio Mankato. For more information on this and other topics, visit BlueEarthCountyHistory.com or stop by the Blue Earth County History Center at 424 Warren Street in Mankato. Thanks for listening to Surrounded by History.